podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Talking Cop on this Monday night, bank holiday in Ireland, non-bank holiday everywhere else. It is Gav and with me this week is Matt and we're going to change it up a bit. Usually we bring three topics, three topics, three people and we talk about them. But there's only two of us tonight so we're going to get through loads of topics in the next hour. Um, that's how we're going to do it. If you're in the chat, you're very, very welcome. Hit like so we know you're there. Um, if you have anything from the weekend's football or anything football in general that you'd like to talk about, throw it in there and we'll try throw it up on screen and we'll try read it out and we'll try discuss it. Ma, how are you? I'm doing well. I would have been doing better if I had a day off of work, but you know, you mm. gotta gotta take them where you can get them. In positive news, though, there might be another day off work coming. I see that the British king has been diagnosed with cancer, so oh, might not need to Jesus wait seventy years Christ. for. Might well, not need to wait another seventy years. The all oh, right, so you get a day off if there's a new king announced. Is, it? is that how it works? Well, I don't know. It's there's only been one dead monarch in my whole life, so uh, and I got a day off work for that one. So they've set a precedence. Okay. Good start, good start. Jeez. Um, oh uh, so, um, the, the, what we're going to look around is the Premier League this weekend. Uh, anything that happened, or any football in general. If there's any talking points you want to bring up, um, people will bring them up. But let me start. And I want to start with this. And at a time of going to going to air, as we call it, and by, by that I mean about 10 to 5 yes, uh, yesterday or whatever they were beating, Roy Hodgson still has a job as a Premier League manager. And I cannot, for the life of me, get over this. Because, firstly, right, firstly, the results are appalling, right? And secondly, he seems to come out nearly every week, if not twice a week, throwing his players under a bus, telling fans, like, there's nothing really to be excited by here. I don't know why he is are watching. Um, things like that. And, and how is he still in the job? Like, please explain <laughs> this to me. Like, like has he to get fired. Like, has he signed the contract that says, I stay till the end of the season regardless? He must have. Yeah, he's going to come out and say, uh, it was in Jurgen's interview he did there where he said, I know that I can't be sacked. And so maybe, yeah, maybe Hodgson's got that. But honestly, it looks like he's trying to. It really looks like he's trying to. Like, I know that that Crystal Palace team, when you take Eze and Elise out of that team, they are poor. Uh, those two are, if they're going to get any sort of results, it seems like it will be entirely off the back of Eze and Elise. But what he did on Sunday, where it comes out, where he was told by the medical staff that he wasn't fit to play, and he brings them on and then has to take them off because, shocker, he's injured. I, I mean, it's 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 shades of Sturridge. Yeah, and I, bl- I still blame that man to this day. Um not not Elise, uh, Roy Hodgson. I still blame him to this day for the demise of Daniel Sturridge. Because in the summer of 2014, no, 15, um, he, he, on the first international break, and I've said his lots, he goes away with England. He's clearly told, listen, this is the... This is the way we work with Daniel. This is the way he trains. This is the way he recovers. This is what we do with him. Roy Hodgson went, yeah, no problem. Turned up for England and he just fucking ran him into the ground. And he comes back injured and literally spent the next four years of his Liverpool career injured or very close to it um, and ruined him. But, like, I'm looking at Crystal Palace, right? Um, I think I'm, I'm trying to see where they sit in, in the... So, currently, they sit 14th in the league. Five points above the drop zone, okay? And... If you, if you look at it here, right, so let me just go through. Let, let's go back to, let's say, the start of December, okay? Start of December. So this is the result since the start of December, okay, which is one all draw at West Ham, 2-0 defeat at home to Bournemouth, 2-1 defeat at home to Liverpool, a 2 all draw with City, which was a bit mad, a one all draw with Brighton, a 2-1 loss to Chelsea, a 3-1 win against Brentford, then followed by a nil all draw with Everton in the FA Cup. They get beaten by Everton in the FA Cup, they get trashed by Arsenal, they narrowly beat Sheffield United, and they get stomped on 4-1 by Brighton, who are like, that's their derby, Brighton is their derby. Um, <coughs> Like, we're 20, he's, he's 23 games in here, they're falling like a lead balloon. He's literally coming out and saying, my team are very good. Um, he's telling the fans not to be excited by anything. He's, like, when they get beaten, he's literally going, 
what, 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 what do you expect? Like, do you know what I mean? It's 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 literally like a senile old man. Do you know what it's like? Do you remember um, Clint Eastwood in Grand Torino? <laughs> That's what it's like. Like without what, all the porch yelling, hates everything, right? And just is like, this is the way it is. Get fucking used to it. He's not in there telling his young squad to, you know, you can do it. He's literally sending them out, going, "I'm gonna tell the media is our shit," and it yeah. won't be very entertaining while it's being there. Like, what what has to happen here for him to be sacked? I honestly don't know. Like somebody said here in one of the comments that it, uh, uh, McGlinchey saying other teams getting possible points deductions will keep them alive. That might be the saving grace. Like it might just be they get through because who who are they going to go out and replace him with? Like they tried Vieira, and I think Vieira really got the short end of the stick last year. He might so not be up to scratch, but yeah, like he went through the absolute ringer for horrible fixtures gets the sack, they bring Roy Hodgson in, they play nothing but the garbage in the league, and Roy gets to coast on through to the end of the season, and he looks like he's the savior. Odds are probably decent that Vieira would have gotten a lot of those same results that Hodgson got playing against those Dross teams, but there's not a lot of, like, Graham Potter? Is Steve Cooper's being mentioned. I like the way you said McGlinchey there and didn't try O'Shane. As no, I've player. given up on it. Yeah, I know you've yeah. given it up on it. Kevin Ball says, apparently Parrish and the other majority of the owner haven't spoken in ages. Um, probably a loggerheads over sacking him and who to appoint. Um, Antio says, I can't believe the owners kept him as long as he did. The squad they, that they have got is very good. A decent manager gets them up to, uh, to mid to upper, upper end of the table. I agree. I think they've some really, really good players. I think some of them are overrated. Um, you know, I, I do think some of them are overrated. Um, but I think overall as a package, it's a decent squad at, at Crystal Palace. You add one or two more in, and they're, and they're a really decent squad. Like when you look around the league and you look at the likes of the Fulhams and like Everton, like Everton should be really on twenty nine points, bar the, the the deduction. I think they're as good if not better than them. So they should be higher up the league. It just seems like Roy is just going. Oh, I'm not getting sacked. Don't give a fuck. Fifteen more games, and I'll be out of here. And he doesn't really. He doesn't really look like he cares. Like no. he just doesn't care. Uh, Curtis says Cooper Potter available possible option for Palace improves them massively, but who takes it? Like, let's say Roy Hodgson doesn't get sacked and it goes down to eight games, seven games left, and Palace are in a real struggle here. Does Potter come in and say, "Fucking hell, I'm had a nightmare here at Chelsea. I'll come in here." I think they're a good team. I'm a better manager than Roy Hodgson, you know, in the modern game. What happens if it goes wrong and I get relegated with Palace? It's a real kick in the teeth. Cooper is probably a bit more realistic, but it's like Cooper comes in and says, All right, I've had a bit of a hard time here at Forest. Probably felt a bit hard done, boy. But then you're thinking, like, if the two majority owners of Palace are at loggerheads, are you getting the full back in here when you come in? So. Is it just a case of they can't agree on sacking or not sacking them and Roy's just standing there going, yeah, Grant, do you know what I mean? Just something to do. Saves me being out in the garden most days. Yeah, I, I see Antio there also says, give it to Poch when Chelsea sack him. Somebody else there said kind of the same thing. It it should be a not a prized appointment because they're not a top, you know, top, top team. But they're almost certainly going to sell one or both of those two prized assets in Elise and Eze this summer. You know, they might let one go this summer and one and, the following and Gaye, summer. And uh, Gaye at the back is, seems to be yeah. highly rated. Well, he, he, it looked like he picked up an injury in their <coughs> game this weekend. Yeah. So Sorry, Dylan, Dylan, Dylan O'Rourke says, they had Potter in the stadium a few weeks ago. Roy was waving up at him. <laughs> Which is amazing. Roy under severe pressure. You bring a fella to sit in the thing going, have a look here. And Roy's just waving to him going, oh, Jesus, there you are, Graham. What's, yeah. what's happening? Um, but he, was at, he was at another stadium here just recently to Graham Potter. It seems like he's either a really big football fan or he's uh, he's offering himself and his services to a fair number of clubs. I think he was at a Chelsea match, maybe? No, he was from Chelsea. It was somebody else whose manager is but the, but the eh, thing on the, the hot seat, but... But the thing with Graham Potter is, is that I think he's badly damaged by that Chelsea thing. Because yeah. he's at Brighton. I think he's doing a phenomenal job at Brighton, right? I think it's up there with what the Zerbi's probably doing anyway. I think the Zerbi is, is a match for, for Graham Potter. And the thing is, I think he's badly damaged by it. But he's 25 million quid or something richer for, for the experience. But Graham Potter, I think, is being quite clever here in saying, I need to pick 
the right job here. I don't need to jump back in and just go, look, I'm back. He needs to pick the right job because Graham Potter is highly rated and was highly rated at Brighton and was highly rated when he went into Chelsea. I thought he was a bit hard done by at Chelsea because of all the changes that was going on at the time. And you've seen that even when Poch comes in. Poch doesn't know half the name of the players because there's that many of them. And But the thing is, like if Graham Potter comes in, no matter how good he is or how highly rated he is, one more bad job and, you know, you're... Well, he'll have to start over again. He'll have to the wind. Yeah, he'll have yeah, to go back to Sweden and start yeah, you, from the bottom. And build it really his is, record. yeah. Um, and just on just on the Elise and, and Eze stuff, like um, before we move off, man, I just still can't believe the fella has a job. Um, and someone else is there. Another news: Warnock is back in the job in a job, seventy five years of age, up at Aberdeen. Um, wow. Yeah. So uh, there you go. He's gone to Aberdeen. Well, that's, that's him. That's him off the market then. So you know. yeah, and he like seventy five. Neil Warnock still doing it. Um, just not into retirement. Too too much energy going on there with him. But just on Elise and Eze, like Elise has been linked with Man City in the summer. I remember he was heavily linked. He's been linked with Liverpool definitely, as one Liverpool have kind of kept the tab on. His injury, but I've I'm being honest with you. Every time I look up a Crystal Palace game, I go, I wonder how Elise plays. Played. Oh look, he's not there. I'm like. Yeah. What's going on here? Like he's so highly rated. What has gone on? But he's missed a lot of games season. I think he's only played like, I think he might. I think he's actually played more than you think. But when he's out, there's a big deal made of it. But like, surely Elise should be turning on. I'm not going on the bench. I'm not fit, and that could genuinely. As he plays an awful lot of football, but that could genuinely scupper a move to what could be a top four team. For Elise, yeah. it absolutely could, couldn't it? Well, and you'd think that the ownership at Palace would be taking that into consideration because they don't have to just think about this season and how much it would cost to sack Roy Hodgson, you know, pay him in Werther's Originals or something like that to get him out of the job. But if he's almost actively going out and damaging your prized asset, the, the person that's going to help balance the books and allow you to you know, reinvest in the squad and do all these things. If he keeps picking up injuries this way because of mismanagement, like almost deliberate mismanagement by Roy Hodgson, at a certain point, the owners have to be like, like you're starting to mess with the money now. And, if, you know, if there's one thing billionaires don't seem to like, it's when you mess with the money, their money. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, Elise was injured in the summer at the under-21s with France. He picked up an injury there, and then he got back into the team, and then he seems to drop out because I, I heard in the build-up to the game because it was being the Brighton Palace strange derby that I still don't understand why it's a derby exactly, but they were saying that there's four Palace teams. There's Palace with Elise and Eze both playing, Palace with just Eze, Palace with just Elise, and Palace with neither of them. And the more you get Palace with neither of them, the worse and worse and worse they're going to do. So, I mean, luckily for them, there's a lot of draws down there below them, but results don't start picking up here in a hurry they're going to be in trouble but the thing i'm most looking forward to because it seems like roy hodgson will be allowed to just retire at the end of the season is once the sun comes back out in england and we can get those pictures of him just sitting on the bench with his sunglasses on not moving out of his chair for the entirety of the game because that was when he was what watford manager they brought him back in and it was the last game of the season, and he just sat there for the whole ninety minutes, like he couldn't yeah, have yeah. fucking cared yeah. any but less. The, the, and then he the went over thing, and he but the best thing about that Palace was man. he he was he was Palace manager at Leaves ends up at Watford. Funnily enough, after having a big nearly punch up with the Watford mascot at Vicarage Road, which was incredible, um, starts waving at the Palace fans. Um, the well, Palace at the Watford play Palace goes back to Palace, and he literally this summer he'd be just sitting, you know, on Brighton Pier, a big fucking ice cream, just licking it. He won't give a fuck. But Michael Elise, eleven matches this season. He started a seven hundred and fifty-five minutes, six goals, three assists. Good return. Good return, but good return and six goals and three assists. But eleven matches out of twenty-three. Yeah, um, and he's only started eight. So, yeah. you know, you look at it, and I just, I just can't, I just can't get over that. But look, he, he's still in a job. Um, fair play to him. I don't know how it's still going. People going on about, uh, you have to be having a laugh with me going on about um, Warnock in the sweepstakes for the Liverpool job. Will you have a bleeding day off? Um, <laughs> but we might get on to the Liverpool thing later. Um, but you wanted to talk about Chelsea. I, I do want to talk about Chelsea. I mean, interesting that we talk about managers that you're surprised haven't gotten the sack yet. And 
it's obviously a different regime at Chelsea because there is no chance ever that if Roman Abramovich was still running this team, that Maurizio Pochettino would still be in a job. Like he would have been fired weeks ago, months ago. It's I I was listening to a story. I think it would have been on maybe Thursday, maybe Friday about Chelsea's issues with the FFP. So I mean, what does Tarek says here? Says well, Tarek says going to get so. So I'll read it out in full. He says. Chelsea are going to get a points deduction also based on rolling three-year cycle for FFP, 2018 through 21, uh, 222 million down. 19 through 22, 241 million down. 20 through 23, 270. Uh, 2022, sorry, is 277.3 million down. That's about the 20. 2023 numbers which will be 2020 to 23 or 21 to 23 it might be 21 to 23 because they're shortening it to make it stick by the end of the season so they can sanction anybody before we move into a new season and um a, a clear slate on everyone but it's not a clear slate because when you go into next season the following year they'll go uh by the way you were down this amount this amount this amount but the aren't they're not changing what way they're looking at teams they're changing the amount of times they're looking at them um which means on a yearly basis you will have to hand them in and it won't be a clean slate. You will still be millions down. <laughs> when you get your sanction, you will still be millions down for the next three-year period. And people say, oh, well, it's not a clean slate. What's happening in City? City's completely different. Let's not go there. But, Matt, are you looking at this because the rumour going around is that Chelsea are worried about sacking Pochettino because it may, again, cost them excess of 10 million quid, which, again, could push them further into FFP issues. It... it- it's almost certainly going to because uh, I was listening. I can't even remember what podcast it was on. One of the, you know, newspaper podcasts, something like that, talking about this. And they had a finance guy on. And currently on the books and for probably the next two years of the rolling PSR financials going through, there's a 40 million pound hit on there for Graham Potter. Yeah. Oh, that includes both buying him and his staff out of yeah. their Brighton contracts, which and wouldn't then, have been that much money. And, and then, then paying immediately off. paying them off to sack them and that money's not going anywhere so that's going to sit on there well you got to think they brought in pochettino he brought in his entire staff with him presumably if he gets the can they got to get rid of all of those guys along with them you're looking at probably 20 million that's just a negative and it was the the, the word i heard on this podcast was that they need to sell 100 million pounds worth of players by the end of this june yeah. to balance the books to get anywhere close to balancing the books. And if you look at the f- figures of Everton and the points penalty that they got, Chelsea look like they are in a serious amount of trouble. Like but a the, serious, but, but serious But the, big, the bigger issue here is, right, and this is how I understand it, and I could be wrong, so if people want to, want to correct me on it, absolutely fine, because I was having a discussion about this the other night with regards to Chelsea, and somebody said to me, ah, should I just sell two players for 50 million, right? And I was like, yeah, but that's not how it works because most transfers... So let's say Chelsea need to sell 100 million more to players, right? Now, I know they can go down the whole um, homegrown route. You sell them, it completely comes off the books because it's marked as all profit. You can take all of that money, even if you're paid over installments, it can come off your books because it's homegrown. But if they have to sell players that aren't homegrown, and let's take... And Kunku as an example. And Kunku was signed for 70 million, right? Which was probably over seven years, 10 million a year for seven years, right? So if they sell in Kunku tomorrow for 70 million to Real Madrid, right? Over five years, that's 14 million a year, okay? They can't take 70 million off their books, right? They can take 14 million off their books, which would put them as 4 million really gone off it. So you started at 100, now you're at 96. That's how it works, okay? Because the the monetization on it is the the, the, the fee is spread across the contract, okay? Yeah? So if it's spread across the contract, Chelsea being 277 million over three years is way more than that. It's fucking way more than that, right? And if they sell a player for 70, okay, they have to go, right, yeah, but hold on, you owed out this, 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 for all these years, okay? So they'll come off your books for the next five years, but this 70 will come off at 14 ago, 
Do you get me? Yeah. And I yeah. and I and that's where somebody was saying it to me during the week, saying that's where their problem is, and that's why they have to go for the homegrown because there was no fee on that. Okay, there was no fee on that. The only way they can get away with it is is if Nkunku was signed for five years and in the sixth year sign a new deal, then he becomes a zero player, if you get me. Yeah. So if then they yeah. sell him for 70, 70 can come off your books. Or 14 can come off your books, depending on how you're being paid. But it's still only around 14. Do you get me? Um, yeah. But but it's... it's uh, No, sorry, the 70 will come off because you're only paying his contract. Do you get me? You're not yeah. paying out to, to a, a, a club, which is crazy. And that's why Conor Gallagher, a 50 million has been, or 60 million has seen quoted, is being brought out because if 60 million goes on Conor Gallagher, Okay, they can write sixty million off their books. Yeah, they can write it off because even though they might be paid across this period, the sixty million is coming to them. Do you get me? The sixty million yeah. is coming to them. They don't owe anything, so they can take that sixty and put it off now. Okay, but against that, they can't use it again across the term of Conor Gallagher's new contract going forward. And that's how I understand it. And that's why the hundred million, while it doesn't sound as a lot, it is a lot. It's absolutely a lot. And yeah. unless unless you get somebody to come in and say, there's 50 million quid up front for this player, okay? Which doesn't usually happen, and that's why the Saudis are, are kind of coming in there. But it sounds like a shitload of money and a shitload of messing, man, to get done by the start of June, because you have to remember, end of June, is it? End of June, yeah. Before yeah. the window even opens. Well, the window the window actually opens in the in the middle of June. Yeah. Right? It opens around the 12th of June, I think. Um um, officially opens where they can move in the first, from the 4th of July because most contracts end on the 30th of June. But the window opens around the 12th, I think. Um, 100 million profit, says Sean, by June. Yes, which means if you signed in three and concus for 70 million each, right? If you, if, if you bought them for 70 million each and you sell them for three seventies, yeah? You can only take 14 of each of them. That's, that's how it works. That's how I think it works. If anyone else out there wants to tell me it's wrong, but I don't think it is because someone was trying to explain to me the other day because I was trying to wrap my head around it. But coupling all that, do you feel a bit sorry for Pochettino? Or did no. he just know what he was going into? Because no. we've seen it happen to a Potter and Pochettino still went in and went in there. Yeah, it's hard to have a lot of sympathy for anybody that is willing to take that job. Like All the warning signs were there. Last year was a shit show. It was, you know, a three-manager season last year for Chelsea. It was, you could see the writing on the wall. The way that Todd Bowley is running that team, he doesn't seem to have a firm grasp of the rules or he just doesn't care. Like, it's entirely, I think a lot of it is Todd Bowley thinks or is under the impression that the rules in terms of financial fair play, profit and sustainability, whatever you want to call them, in football are going to be the same as baseball which is a luxury tax. You can go over the salary cap and you get taxed on it. You get taxed pretty heavily. You know, there's brackets, I believe, if you go over by a certain amount, you get taxed an even higher percentage of it. But it's just money. And he's got lots of money. So if they, like, if this doesn't have a points penalty to it, then the plan is working for Chelsea. They can continue to do what they're doing and it's not going to make a lick of difference. But as soon as the penalty becomes a sporting one as opposed to a financial one, that changes everything. And I, I, a lot of people in the comments there, Ashley L for one saying of like, you know, they need to, they need to sell players like Gallagher, like Colwell, Broya, their, their Academy prospects. First off, or, or anybody, or anybody that's into a second contract, which who's, who's yeah, that? I'm not too sure because like, I don't, Prak, I don't know. Cause Prakar Singh, Prakar Singh says, I don't know if it works like that. This thing selling players wants money entirely. For FFP straight away. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Because, because what happens is when Chelsea, and I keep using Nkunku, and I'm sure anyone watching now is like, will he stop fucking saying Nkunku? And just anybody like listen, saying Nkunku, Anybody in listening tomorrow is probably thinking the same. But let me just say this to you. When they sign Nkunku, right, for 70 million, now that could have been a buyout, so it's probably a bad example. But when they sign a player, a player, for 60 million quid, right, they aren't given 60 million up front. They simply aren't. They're saying, look, we give you 60. It's going to be an eight-year contract, right? So you're going to get seven and a half million a year. Right, I think that works out about right. Um, so we're going to give you seven and a half million a year. So on their books, it's only out at seven and a half million a year for the next eight years. That's why they thought. That's why everyone thought Chelsea are being really clever here. 
right? So it's going across their books at seven and a half million. If they sell that player for the same amount of money, the 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 sixty million doesn't come straight off Chelsea's books because the buying club are buying them on a five year deal for sixty million, which is twelve million, eleven, twelve million a year, is it? Um yeah, I love million. watching you do math. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it is. I'm trying to think of loads of numbers here. And I'm quite good at maths. Uh, 12 million a year. So what happens is Chelsea can't go, oh, we sold them for 60. Yeah, but you're not getting 60. You're getting 12. So that's how it comes back. The only difference is if they sell a player in a second contract or a homegrown player. The second contract really means that you are gone beyond the buying phase of the club you bought them off. Now you're into the phase where he's a Chelsea player and he's under yeah. contract to Chelsea and his value is now achieved really you know the sort yeah. of way yeah, and that's paid off. Um, his transfer to bring him in is paid off that's done now it, now it, we can now we can sell him because there's no actually payments left on that player um, exactly it, it looks like tiago silva might be the only one at chelsea that's currently on a second contract and i'm honestly struggling to think of anybody else that's there because they have so so many young players and when you do what they've done of spending these enormous amounts of money on extremely young players and giving them extremely long contracts, you are basically saying this squad has to work. It has to work. And if you take out Levi Colwell, he hasn't been world-class. He hasn't been setting the world alight, but he has been a solid, consistent player for them, playing out of position for Chelsea. Connor Gallagher has been the pick of their midfield, which honestly isn't hard, which is strange because the other two cost a combined quarter of a billion. Yeah, but I still. Someone else asked there. Would you who, would you take any Chelsea players? I take Enzo Fernandez in a harpy. In a harpy. Honestly, for the see. for the price we paid for McAllister, sure. Yeah, well, I'm not doing 110 million on him, but like if you if if you have you asked me who I take, yeah, I'd absolutely take him. Uh, Prakar says signing and selling works differently for the purpose of monetization. Tell me what it is then. Tell me what it is because if it works different. Why aren't everybody going on about homegrown players that cost Chelsea nothing to get them out of this? Why is it? Why is that? They're not talking about... Because, like, honestly, if you told me Chelsea had to sell 100 million more to players in the summer, I'd go, that would be easy. easy. they pick any fucking trade. They've all been shy. Get them 40 million a player, 120 million, done. But that's not how it's going to work. People keep talking about the homegrown stuff. So if it is different, Prakar, please explain it to me. Because it was the way it was explained to me the other day was, is that by being clever and spreading it over eight years, over the term of a contract is clever because it goes into your books as a, as a, as a smaller rate. Okay, Getting it back in over the years can't be put in as, oh, we've got 50 million for them. It doesn't matter if we're getting it over the next four years. We're getting it. So just if you can't explain it to me, by all means do. But what do you see happening there, Matt? They're they're gonna have to sell some players. I, it's almost certainly they're gonna flog. Uh, the Chelsea hierarchy must be crossing their fingers that Armando Broya tears it up at Fulham and increases his value because as it stands, if he if he carries on with the way that he's been playing the last you know season season and a half, twenty five maybe thirty million you get for him. Maybe you get Gallagher. Maybe you get fifty million for Gallagher. But I. I was, talk, I was talking with Kev about this after one of the shows we did after this news broke. And it's like, surely the other teams in the league have also heard this news and just go, we'll wait. You know, when Chelsea comes ringing and, you know, says, hey, Tottenham, you, you want Conor Gallagher for 60 million pounds? You'd like to think that Levy there would be smart enough to go, give me a call in July. You know, let's see. You know, give, give me a call on the 28th of June and let's see what the price is then. Because it probably won't be 60 65 million anymore when they start to get a little bit desperate but they're gonna have to sell some players and then i think the issue is is that the cupboard for their homegrown players starts to look dangerously dry dangerously dry and going forward they have to make it work with these players and just before i let you jump back in here the other two elephants in the room is that at the end of this season they get the contracts of lukaku and keparisa balaga back onto their books again yeah, because Owen Borg says, Prakar is right, the full transfer fee is considered immediate income and helps clean up the books. It's different to buy, when buying a player. So that, That's not what I heard. That's not no, what I that's, heard. No, that's not what I understand either. And the only reason, I'm, and look, if you, can, if you can 
if if that's what you're saying, I'm going to take it as that's correct. But I'm just going to say tell you what I was told um, when I was asked for because I'm no expert on this. Um, I kind of look and go, I oh, yeah, are in trouble. Something will happen, and there'll be something going on. Then they'll be all right because that's usually the way it works. But but <laughs> the full transfer fee being considered a media income, right? When it's not a media income, why do we keep going on about homegrown players because they make all the profit? Like that 50 million on Gallagher would be 50 million off your books immediately. Why do they keep talking about that? Why, why is there a big deal made of it? Because, and why is there a big deal being made of this story then? Because let's be honest, I could sell you three Chelsea players tomorrow for 150 million and you wouldn't even notice they were fucking gone. So why that's is that? That's not it? nice to say about Romeo Lavia. Come but, on. But, but that's, but that's, that's what I'm, that's my whole point on it. If it's, if it's a case of, they need to spend clear a hundred million. Easy. There's, there's no story here. Yeah. So, yeah. how is it different to buying a player and selling a player? It's I I heard the same thing that you're under the opinion. No, sorry, of. own is right. Kev says own is right, but only on homegrown or players who don't owe transfer payments on. So yeah. that's what, what I mean. And and if own is right, he's probably saying the exact same thing to me. As me is, if he's homegrown, all the money. If it's a player that was signed four years ago and is now into a fifth, sixth, seventh year at Chelsea, he can be sold for the full profit. Um, yeah. So there you go. Um, but on Poch, does he does he last much longer? Does he be given the chance? Forget the money side of it. Again, I think it comes down to who else is there. There doesn't seem to be an obvious like a straight manager swap with Hodgson and Pochettino just switching jobs I'm all for it that would be that would be absolutely fantastic and I mean I've seen some people in here I think it was Kevin Ball saying that it's an absolute banker that Jose Mourinho ends up back at Chelsea it's hard to even see Chelsea like I know their fans are pining for the old Roman days means something different I guess than the Roman Empire but going back to Mourinho again, like surely you don't want to have to sack your most legendary manager of modern times three times. Like that that puts a bit of a tarnish on Mourinho's reputation if you bring him back and he he gets the sack again. Like I I think at this point it's probably too late for Chelsea to make a push up the table. Uh, when we get into talking about the table, you can see that there's starting to become a pretty sizable gap between the top teams, the middle pack. And then again, another gap into the relegation fodder. And I think Chelsea are in for a, a rather comfortable ninth to 11th place finish, just like last year. And at this point, I can see him just riding the season out with Pochettino because you pay you pay him off less in the summer if you sack him in the summer. Yeah. You know, it saves you whatever three months worth of his wages and stuff like that. You don't have to pay him. And then, yeah, I'm sure they'll offer the absolute world to Javi Alonso. Yeah, but uh, like, uh, like let's. I know money talks and that, but anyone watching that has to be looking on. I'm not going near that. So Owen Bork has come back right and says, "Look at Barca and Juve deal for Pjanic and Arthur. Our, Barca got seventy two million and Juve got sixty. Barca only really received twelve million because the obviously, yeah, but Barca got seventy two million off their books, right? Um, and Juve got sixty off theirs. Yeah, yeah." I, I think there's a difference in how the Premier League is doing their accounting for PSR. I think that might be because yeah. Nay says where the oh, difference is. Nay comes back and says, yeah, but wasn't Arthur in his second contract the same as Pjanic? So that's the thing. It all depends where their contracts are. If their contract is the original contract that they signed or we're in the five years that they signed from a club, it's different if they're seven or eight years into a club because then it's they're their player. You know, they're not leasing that player or, you know, I'm having them higher purchase. He's their player. Um, but look, I, I could be wrong. The chance there I am. But my understanding of it is, and, and again, the only reason I'm, I'm saying it is because there's such a big deal being made out of homegrown stuff that yeah. if uh, Prakar and Owen are right here and what you take in is just considered all the money, fine. Chelsea haven't got an issue here. They just don't. The only issue they have is that a 50 million player might be sold for 40 or 35, but they've enough of them. Yeah. They've enough of them to get rid of them and you won't even know it. Yeah, well, they can go back down to only having to rent out one dressing room at a time. You know, they they won't need that second dressing room anymore. I'm, I, I guess the question is like, 
who would be the funniest person to end up back at Chelsea? Because the, the chat's having some fun with it. I see if uh, Fat Frank goes back, that would be pure class. Like, it would be Lampard again. No, it won't be Lampard again. It won't be. And, and Mourinho's probably a good show. He's out of work, as you know. But I, yeah. th- I think I actually think Mourinho's being lined up at Newcastle. And I think it's being lined up from a, from a far away. Um, when it comes to Chelsea, you see, it's probably more, when you think about it, Mourinho has, he has all the money in the world now at this stage. But he'd probably go back and go, just get another load of money here. Back in the Premier League, annoy a few people. Fuck off after 18 months. Another 25 million in my pocket. And job's done. If you if you're a, if you're a manager like a, a Xavi Alonso, you're looking at it going. This is my opinion. You look at it and you go, no fucking way, no way. It's it's a basket case. The the money seems all over the fucking place. Um, it could literally ruin me in six months, and I'm back below where I was at Bayer Leverkusen. Do you know what I mean? Um, let me see. Let me read out a couple of these. Uh, next season Chelsea will still need seven over twenty one year old homegrown players, and that hinders them in a big way Andrews Villas Boas wonder what he's up to this day says O'Shea McGlinchey Roy Keane says Martin um, I just I don't know I think I think you're probably looking at someone that's on the way down in management but still has a good reputation that's what you're probably looking at unless you get someone really on the way up like a Deserby to go in there but you'd want some mad assurances off Chelsea here to say look I want to read into my contract that no matter what goes on here I'm getting a year at least yeah. Actually, I'm getting at least 18 months, so you can't fuck me out after one season. Um, I, I just think it's it's a bit it's a bit strange. It's it's very strange what's going on there, and like maybe the stories are being overhyped with regards to the money. Because if if what few if you in the chat here are saying, they can easily cover that, and they don't even need the help of the Saudis. But they will have to take a hit either way, won't they? Because if you look at if if they're quoting 60 for Gallagher and you want Gallagher, you just go no. I'm starting to bid in the 35. Yeah. And what we do is we're happy to pay 50, but I'm not telling you that. So I'll bid a 35. And let's if another club comes in and says 40, fine, we leave it till the last second, we go in with 45. Then the other club says, ah, oh, fuck this, I'm not going into a, uh, uh, you know, uh, an auction here. Leave them to the 45. You get them at 45. They're going to have to take a hit on some players, regardless whether they're hungry or not. Just the way it is, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, if, if this is the case, and I... I don't see why the story would have been created to fill column inches in a normal season, a normal month. That would be fine. But we're still only when this dropped, it was still only a week out from Jurgen Klopp announcing he's leaving Liverpool. Like it wasn't like there was a lack of stories in the footballing world to fill up column inches with. And this story just kind of landed. And so it makes me feel that there's there's some truth to it. And yeah, there's going to be there's going to be some deals to be had. And I mean. I don't know how they replace them because they've got so much value on their books and so many high paying long-term contracts for players that don't really have a transfer value to get them out. You know, even if you want to bail on a guy like Mark Kukurea, yeah. you're taking a huge I loss. Only, I only taught him the other day. Is he still at Chelsea? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, doesn't I my, No, do you know what? Do you know what? I don't know. This is weird, right? But I noticed that um, the guy that was at Spurs and went to United on loan, he's Reggion. now Reggion. He's now at Brentford. Yeah, right. And I was like, fucking hell! When did that happen? Didn't even know that happened, right? I th- was he on six months to United and then just when the yeah. six months was up, he went to Brentford. Okay, right, cool. And then I don't know why Cucurella came out. Um, and I was thinking to myself, where is he? Haven't seen him in ages. And I was like, he's probably gone on loan, and I don't even know it, but. Yeah, he must be. He must be there. Nope. Can you imagine if Brendan Rodgers ended up a Chelsea manager? Brendan oh. Rodgers is doing his best to absolutely make a hames of the Scottish title up at, at Celtic at the moment. They were absolutely appalling in the in the Europa League. Um, he honestly, he won't. Get, he shouldn't get near another Premier League job. The, the job he's doing up in Scotland, it's horrendous. Um, but listen, that's that's Brendan for you. Um. Yeah, look, we're going to have to see what happens with Chelsea. If there's anything else you want to talk about in the chat, throw it in there, and we will have a little chat about it before we go in about 20 minutes' time. Before we move on, Matt, and you might have something else you want to talk about from the weekend, um, our fundraiser is live. It is a GoFundMe. 
It is has it has got the link in the description. It is for the fan support and field banks, which um looks after people um and and supported by Liverpool and Everton in the city of Liverpool for people that struggle to make ends meet over there. And we are supporting them. We are trying to get to ten thousand euros. Um, and we will be splitting the money between fan support and field banks and the lighthouse in Dublin. The lighthouse in Dublin is a cafe ran by volunteers to stay open as many hours as they possibly can throughout the week to help people with you know uh, warm hot meals um a warm place to sit and in from the the, the terrible weather we've got this winter to be honest um you can you know they, they do so much for people and um ten thousand euros to be split evenly if you can donate please do link is in the description it takes you about 30 seconds to throw us a fiber if you're going to go out for a point if you're going to buy a coffee if you're going to i don't know if you're going to bring lunch one day to work instead of buying one and give us the five euro it'd be absolutely amazing the, like kev always says the fivers and the tenors are the ones that keep this ticking over we are running a golf day and um, we're filling up quickly with players for that we are we don't know if we're going to do a raffle that night with prizes but we are looking for it depends if prizes start coming in to be honest with you and um, that's one that kind of left the last minute but we are um absolutely looking for sponsors for the golf day so you can sponsor tea boxes you can sponsor long drives you can sponsor nearest the pins um you can sponsor players if you want i don't care um but it's going to be um sorry talking cop one at gmail.com send us an email there and um, tell us what you want to do with regards to sponsorship we look after you straight away and um yeah um we want to get to that ten thousand euro we won't stop till we get to it we don't get to it in june we could be here till, uh, till the following june but it doesn't bother me once we get to the ten thousand at some stage and give those two brilliant um charities five thousand euro each that will be perfect um no football prizes thing at the moment because the clock's all one sold out in record time so i'm waiting for the next prize to come in from them and if you're not a member of the channel consider it it's four euros a month um we're doing we're doing plenty of shows all week across the free uh feed the members feed is probably averaging four or five a week as well we're trying to do as many of the ones at 10 a.m in the morning but that does depend on on my time of sick people in the house so tomorrow's one is in doubt but if then if the sick people aren't sick um, I'll be here at 10 a.m. in the morning. And that's a little bit of football chat. And then just mayhem for 20 minutes before we all set off and really start our day. Um, Ma, is there anything else? Oh, the best 90s film, says Dylan O'Rourke. Go away from football for a minute. I've been diving into crap films recently, such as The Lost Boys, Can't Buy Me Love and Three Ninjas. And would love to know the best movie from the 80s, 90s, when acting and editing was poor. The Goonies, of course, is a classic. I, it's hard. It's hard for me to look past Terminator Two. Okay. I I just think Terminator Two is. Are we allowed to go into the eighties? Did he say eight, not, no? He yeah, said no. I'm not, I'm not saying Terminator Two is in the nineties. I'm saying if you go into the eighties, ET was brilliant. Yeah. Ah, ET was great. I didn't. I didn't have that one on VHS growing up as a kid, so I don't have the nostalgic connection to it that uh, a lot of other people do because I didn't get to watch it over and over and over again. Whereas you give me the Terminator and the aliens movies. Well, now you're right in my wheelhouse because those things were on repeat in my house. Okay. Let me see. What, well, let me see what films come in. Uh, Antio says Terminator 2 easily. Um, let me see. Oh, Prakar says, go for me. Doesn't walk in India. Any idea and how I can make any donation. Well, I'll tell you what you could do, Prakar. If you email talkingcop1 at gmail.com, we will guarantee we could give you some bank details if you can bank transfer it to us and we can then from that bank um make the donation on your behalf we can do something like that um yeah look if you're if you're stuck in any way whether it's sponsoring us or sending a prize or you want to put money up for a prize just email us we'll we'll make a walk if we like i said if you want to send me the money and send me out on me to, to buy the prize for you i'll absolutely go out and do that for you there's no issue there at all um War of the Buttons, Dylan, Dylan LaRoque says, wandered across, stumbled across a film he hadn't seen in years, he said. Uh, Rocky, says Archie Dylan, Back to the Future and Space Jam get a set, a set, a, a, what? a show out as well. Any more football stuff, Matt, you want to talk about? Right. I, got I mean, I, I, would just, I was just going to say, I mean, the, the, the random movie stuff I'm all for because I don't get to do that very much on a post-match show. I wanted to give a shout-out to a complete, turnaround for two much maligned strikers in the league that are in absolute bang on form, Richarlison and Neil Mope. 
Neil Mope has scored in every one of Brentford's games in 2024. And Richarlison, after scoring two in his first 38 games for Spurs, has eight in his last nine. So, you know, every every possible situation can be turned around. Do you know what about now? Mope is a scumbag, right? There's no doubt about it. Um, he scores tonight, City win, and people watching City, you're mad to watch City, you just leave it until Liverpool play them and then don't watch them again. Um, <clears throat> and I'm sure Twitter's in meltdown now because City can go top if they win their other game in hand, which ironically is against Brentford, um, funny yeah. enough. But the thing about Richarlison was, and I was listening to um, the Everton reaction to the Spurs game, Everton fans were clapping him when he scored. Like, Everton are in this shit. And he's scoring goals against him at Goodison. And there's people in Goodison applauding this fella scoring goals against him. Uh, what are they doing? Do they think that Richardson's going to go, I'm flying here with Spurs, but Everton fans are clapping me for, I'm going back to Everton. Yeah. Like, is that, what they, is that where they are with this? Well, it makes Ashley L says there, anyone see the Everton fan punching an empty Richarlison jersey? And Absolutely that was in the it is it's so funny and at the same time of like it is so sad that we've come so far as a species as humans we've been to the moon you know we've got telescopes that are a million miles away from earth but we still live in a world where a kid has to say his favorite player is richarlison that's sad isn't it like that is just sad that you have to cheer for a team and end up saying my favorite player is richarlison because he is just a shit bag, but yeah, I'm happy that that young fellow was able to get his anger at Richarlison yeah. out. By... Do you know what? Give a shout out to Rasmus Hoyland as well. Yeah, he's scoring quite well recently, and and he, I think he looks a decent player. I just think you know you're all over the shop. But the stand plate was strength a little bit, and and he's he's scoring some goal. Cantor says, Lance, to get a membership, can you sign up on YouTube on your phone? Yeah, if you're logged into YouTube on your phone and you're on Android, there's a join button. Okay, which is really easy to do. If you're on yeah. iPhone, if you're on iPhone though, there isn't a join button. So what you actually no. need to do is there's a little, um, I think it might be a little arrow button, um, somewhere on your on your iPhone that actually brings you to the desktop version of YouTube. Okay, instead of the app version. So you know when you're on your iPhone, you click YouTube, you click the app, you open the app, and you watch. When you're in the app, I think there's a there's a button that you can press to go to your desktop on your Apple iphone and when you go to the desktop site you will then see the join button apple don't allow you to join i think via the the app you must do it through the desktop site but the desktop site can be accessed on your iphone by pressing that button someone in there will on an iphone will tell me but you definitely can get a membership um through uh your phone and uh look we're doing our best we have got the we have got the greatest series at the moment we done the title series Keith is still doing the Helm series, which will, will come up more. It's just about getting fans at the right time to do that. And we're doing the morning, we're doing the morning shows as much as we can. But we did say from the start we will do them as much as we can. We're averaging probably three a week of them. And then there is more member stuff coming. There is more member stuff coming. And it just supports us. It helps us keep going. And uh yeah, um Ashley says just use a computer. It's way easier. <laughs> the funny thing that's is what I ended up, that's what I ended up doing. Yeah, but the funny thing is is that a lot of people have YouTube accounts on their phone and don't have it on a desktop. They just don't, exactly. you know, the sort of way. But um, you can do it on an iPhone. Memberships out of me. <laughs> yeah, you can do it on an iPhone. Um, Kev wants to talk about Ange Postacoglu's post-match ref reaction. Feels the mask is slipping, and it's funny, right? Because that, that Kev says that because a friend of mine, Dave Downey, who runs the Blue Room, um, or part owner of the Blue Room podcast, the Everton podcast, which I listen to all the time because they're good lads to listen to. He was actually saying. What is going on with Ange Postacoglu not being able to make eye contact with people that are interviewing him? He's interviewing the side of the pitch after the Everton game. By a Spores, there's a, there's a guy with, I think it's Spores TV. It's, there's, a, there's a kind of a Sporesy looking thing on the microphone. And he just won't look up. But do you think the mask is slipping with Ange? Made, he made yeah. a rob for his own back, didn't he, that time when he went, look, I think these things happen, you have to move on. Yeah, I mean, he was not helped by being made the absolute darling of the league when Spurs won the league in September. Like that, that could not have helped at all that everybody was, Oh, he's such a great lad. And all the way he's got Spurs playing and all this and all this and all this. And you're exactly right. His, what he said after our game against Spurs was always going to be held against him, that that was the level of consistency that he needed to keep for at least the rest of this season. 
And if he wavered from that at all, he was going to get hammered on it. So I didn't actually see any of his post-match stuff. I'm not big on, I don't consume a lot of the Liverpool post-match stuff and almost none of any other team stuff. So I'm happy that it's slipping for him a little bit because, and I mean, Spurs are still in and around there. Like the top five are, there's a six point gap between Spurs and fifth and United and sixth. So you're starting to get a little bit of separation where the top five teams are starting to pull away a little bit from that middle pack that I was talking about right there. Spurs are getting some players back at the right time. Like, I think they've done good business. It's just they built him up so much, and then he didn't take the opportunity to say the right things after our game against him. So, yeah, good for him. Good for him. It'll be entertaining. Um. Own book, 90s have the best movies of all time. American Beauty, Reservoir Dogs, Seven, Leaving Las Vegas, uh, LA Confidential, The Big Lebowski, Boys in the Hood, Goodfellas, Shawshank, Fargo, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, the 90s was deadly. Um, but my thing on Ange is, is that he made a roll for his own back with that stuff. You know, Ange Postacoglu should have come out after that Liverpool game and went, listen, um, there, there's been a monumental mistake made here today against Liverpool in at least one situation. Right. Well, sorry, there was a monumental mistake made, definitely in one situation, and there's probably a mistake made further on down the line with regards to one one of not two of the red cards. But listen, um they completely got it wrong. They completely got it wrong and you know what? It shouldn't be like that. And just left it at that. Don't go into it happens and this time the other because that's all people are gonna remember. And it was like um, someone, somebody commented there, and I think it might have been Kev that said it a while ago, um, that Kev said it a while ago, saying, and a few on this, Donor said it as well, where he just went, look, they're going to build this fella up, and in a couple of weeks, that they're going to bleed and absolutely slaughter him. And it just seems to me like that's starting a little bit. That is starting a little bit where they're turning on him, and you know what changes it? Results. If you win a few, results change. Like, you look at the response to Arsenal there yesterday. And listen, I don't really go in for the... Whatever happened at Arsenal yesterday with regards to the celebration, I'll let them. If that's what they do, that's what they do. But my only thing on the whole thing was yesterday was like... And and I'm not I'm not excluding Liverpool supporters in this because I think they were some of the worst. It was like literally writing off Liverpool season after that yesterday. Um, which was off the wall, bleeding mad. Um, but with Ange, yeah, I think... I think what he said back in was it October? October when yeah, that happened. A while ago now. Yeah. October. Um, I think I think they've kind of just left that sitting there, stewing and waiting. And um, yeah, that could be could be one of those. Prakar said he could have just deflected the question. He just didn't need to support the refs. He didn't need to support anyone or not support yeah. anyone. Just say it was wrong. It shouldn't have happened. But I don't know what I'm meant to do about this. Can you move on to the next question? Because that would have been yeah, a really I mean, good. For such a good lad that everybody wants to go and have a pint with and stuff like that, like a joke, a joke would have just worked so perfectly there. Yeah. Like, you know, he could have just been like, ooh, I wouldn't want to be Howard Webb after that. And yeah. you just move on to the next question. Yeah, exactly. And you just kill it. But when you keep going on about it, um, yeah, it, it's 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 not good. Uh, let me see what else we have here. Um, Oshin said he made his bed with, the, with, with that angle. He wouldn't allow Liverpool walk one in after the mistake was shown um wow yeah oh no sorry i've, I've read two completely different things at the one time you there oshane <laughs> says made his bed with that angle so has to deal with decisions going against them it's part of the game because that's what he said and kev said his mistake was saying him saying he wouldn't allow liverpool walk one in after the mistake was shown yeah um i don't were liverpool looking for one to be walked in i'm not too sure because they couldn't really do anything. They didn't really know what was going on until halftime. But, yeah, look, I just think Ange, unless, like, he'll be okay if sports keep getting results. But if they get results like they did the weekend, even though it was a two-all draw, they will. The, the media will just more you. That's just the way they go on. There's just, there's no, there's no grey area. They're either fire or they just hate you. Do you know what I mean? And they, they'll want you out. Um, but he still seems to have the book, the back of the sports fans. So maybe the media won't bounce too far on him. Um, and they, he should have the backing of their fans because yeah. they are they are exciting to watch. And I mean, yeah, they're still like I think it was Kev mentioned the Spurs DNA. 
that's still there. It will take a while to evolve that out if it is entirely possible to get rid of that Spursiness in the DNA. But there is, to me, there's no question that Spurs this season under Pasacoglu are a much more entertaining team to watch than Spurs have been since probably the Pochettino era of Spurs. And that's all you hear from the Spurs fans is that they don't care if they win anything. They just want to watch attractive attacking football. Yeah. So, and the, the thing, like, like, don't get me wrong, I thought it was ludicrous what he done against Chelsea when down to nine men. Ludicrous. Yeah. Right. Was- but when I look, when I watch sports, right, I know, I know what he's trying to do, but I just don't think he either has them a drilled properly to do it, or probably is probably a player too short to do it. And what I think he's trying to do is he is trying to play a high line. But the reason he wants that line so high is that he absolutely swarms over teams in their own half. You know, like Liverpool used to. Liverpool used to swarm all over you and all you could hit was percentage balls up. And he has got the pace at the back to sort that out. Um, anyway, any more football stuff before we go? Is there anything on your mind football-wise um, before we go, Ma? Or would you just no, like to throw 90 that- movies at me? Uh, no, it's, I'm just happy to see that there's some people here in the comments. And Brian O'Halloran came and said to me that he now understands what I meant when I said after uh, on the post-match show yesterday that we still control our own destiny. Just win all of our games. That's, that's all that matters. Like yeah. It is not panic stations yet. Everything is fine. If, if you watched any of the game today, which was probably a poor decision, City can be got at. The city, hey, Cantor's, you figured it out. Look at yes, that. Yes, he Welcome did. Cantor's figured it out. He's a member. What a legend. What you a just legend. found a computer, I bet. Cantor just, just went, computer. fuck this iPhone. Just, ma, give me the bleeding laptop there for a minute, will you? I need to log into the YouTube. That's yeah. exactly what happened. But look, yeah, yeah, look, it is in our destiny. It is, you know, but my thing about, my whole thing on this is, and, and pe- people always say to me, like, do you really think they're going to come in the league? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Of course I fucking do. At the start of the season, did I think Liverpool could win the league? Yeah. Did I think it was probable? No. Where would you settle for? Just get top four. Get top four. Shawnee was always banging on to me. Get top four. And I was like, yeah, I'm completely with you, Shawnee. But I always start out the season thinking Liverpool can win the league. Right? Um, And where I stand with this at the moment is, and it's coupled a little bit with what happened with Klopp uh, 10 days ago, wherever it is now. Enjoy it. Because you don't know what's coming. After this, you really don't. Liverpool have a fantastic squad of players, right? They have a fantastic infrastructure at the club. They are set up now for with regards to stadiums, training, whatever it might be. They're, they're losing four big people at the club. Their manager, their assistant manager, their head of all the training and all that. And, the manager, and um, the other lad, I can't remember his name, always goes out of my head. The German lad, I can't remember his name. Anyway, um, Cormor. Oh, um, No, does. Does is it Kravitz? Pop Linders, Peter Kravitz, and Vitor Matos. Yes, that's the four. Sorry, Carmore is in there somewhere. But what I'm saying is, is that we don't know what's going to happen. Would we like John? Would we like Javi Alonso? Yeah, I would. I think he makes the most sense. He hasn't got the most experience, but I think he makes the most sense, right? But we don't know how Javi Alonso goes. We could literally be sitting here this time next year, going, "Lads, we're fifth. But mm. Javi is, you know. He's still fucking getting things done. A bit like Ange Postacoglu. And we might just have to settle for that. Okay? But all I'm saying is, and I'm not telling you what to do, and I'm not telling you how to act, but my opinion is, and my advice to people is, enjoy it. Yesterday wasn't enjoyable. But don't let it get you too down. Liverpool haven't done that in an awful long time. They've lost two games in 34 in the league, going back into last season. Two in 34. One of those was spores away. One of those happened to be Arsenal yesterday. But I tell you something, I actually take the fee at Arsenal than I would say going away and losing to Forest. Because yeah. that's like that's just unacceptable, right? Yeah. But we shouldn't lose if we lose to Forest away in a couple of weeks, I'd be apoplectic, right? But you can come on the post match. Yeah, but, but enjoy it. Just enjoy it. See where it goes. Liverpool may win no trophies. Liverpool may win four, one, two, or three. We don't know what they're going to win. But at the start of the season, put your hand on your heart and say to yourself, Liverpool will be top of the division going into into February by two points, possibly one behind, right? But as of the 5th of March, Liverpool are top of the division, okay? They still have to play their nearest challenger, which will be Manchester City. They've Arsenal now out of the way, right? Haven't been good against Arsenal this season. Enjoy every second of it, right? Because this is 
genuinely you're down to the last 15 league games under Jurgen Klopp you're down to possibly the last 25 games under Klopp in all competitions just enjoy it and wherever it gets to at the end you can my thing always is at the end of the season have them lads put in everything they have yeah that's good enough for me you can argue over whether they're good enough or they're not good enough or they're finished or they're not ready we can argue over that just support them between now and the end of the season Enjoy every minute of it. Enjoy them being Liverpool. Enjoy what we have. Because what we have, I think, is quite unique um, in the football and world with, with us and Jurgen Klopp. I think it's quite unique. So when it gets to the end of the season, let all the dust settle and see where we are. And we might be celebrating loads. We might be fucking in the doldrums because we haven't won a team. But at least say you can enjoy it. Because what happens is if you get to the end of that season and you have won a couple of trophies and you haven't enjoyed it, as much as the last day of the season, you're like, yay, you'll sit back a couple of days there and go, I was a fucking misery through the whole lot of that. And I'll tell you why I'm saying that. Because Sean Lawson in 2020, and he doesn't mind me saying this, in 2122 when Liverpool were going for the for the quadruple, right? Going for the quad. I sat with him watching the European Cup final when Liverpool were beating Real Madrid, right? And he was a fucking nightmare. From the minute he walked into the place to the minute he left, he was an, a nightmare. He was in the height of a fucking bad humour to the point where I just went, I can't talk to him. And Charlie Lawson, he'll admit this because he, he said it a few times himself. And he admitted afterwards, he said, you know what? I didn't enjoy what was going on there. We won two trophies and I didn't enjoy any of it. And because we lost the two big ones at the end, it compounded the, my behaviour. And he said that loads of times. And when you talk to Shawnee now, what does he say? Enjoy the journey because he's actually thinking back to a couple of years ago. So enjoy it, see where it takes us. But let let me let let me tell you something. Jurgen Klopp and them players aren't going to let you down for effort. They might make mistakes. They might get a couple of bad decisions against them. They might win a couple of trophies. They might win fuck all, right? But they will not walk away from that season without giving everything they have for you. So just go and just ride it and see what happens. That's where I will be on it. Yeah, and Thor had a comment there a little earlier. It says, lads, what if we're getting our players back at the right time? Our injuries were in December and January. Now we could have a stronger squad for the business end. Hmm. That's the sort of that's the sort of thing that I'm on board with because I go into every season not only thinking we're going to win, but I think we're going to win 38 of 38 games. Until you start seeing the team playing, you go, okay, well, we're probably not. So, I mean, this season, it's City is the only team where I can unless I'm, you know, trying to be down on it. But I have such confidence in the team that we have, the players that we have, the coaching staff, everything, the spirit around the club, all those intangibles that you can't measure. It might not even be real things. Just the myth of Liverpool Football Club, the power of Anfield, stuff like that. Fucking, I don't see why we can't do it. So until mathematically it can't be done, I think we're going to do it. And you have to enjoy it because i mean that season that was when i decided of like I'm, i can't wait any longer i'm just gonna go in free up a couple of thousand dollars from the old bank account and i am going to liverpool because i want to be able to say that i was there for a game during that season now granted it was a loss at home to inter milan in the champions league so i did pick a very good game to go to but that was that's part of that enjoying it part because i probably would have been about the same for the 13 14 season and then you finish that season, you come up a little bit short, you're absolutely distraught and broken. And then in a year and a half's time, you're going, Jesus, what I wouldn't give for 13, 14 again. Yeah. 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 And, that, and, and that's what it is. Like, Antio says, if Virgil's post match interview doesn't get you behind the team, I don't know what does. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just like I always say, where are you on January the 1st? And where are you on March the 1st? Okay. And when it comes down to March the 1st, you will know where Liverpool are with regards to the title race because on the March the 9th, they play C. Okay? Yep. So it probably won't be March the 4th. It could be like the 2nd or 3rd of March when the game before C is played in the league and you'll know where it is. Okay? And stuff will happen in that meantime. That Arsenal thing will happen. We play Burnley, okay, at the weekend, right? And then I think we play... Um, we play we play Burnley next weekend, which is the tenth. I think we have an is there an FA Cup game thrown in there or fucking something. Um then yeah. we then we're away we're away to Brentford. Then we have Luton at home. Then we have the League Cup final. Then we're away to Forest. So there's loads going on. But look, just take it as it is. And the the, the game before we play C, see where we are. If we're a point behind, 
Bring it on against City on the Sunday. It'll be mayhem. If we're a point ahead, bring it on. Same thing applies. It doesn't matter what's going to happen. That City game, if we're within one point or ahead by one point or level or any chance to get closer to City or go above them or stay above them, Anfield will be absolutely rocking. And then players won't let you down for effort. We don't know what's going to happen. We could get beaten. But just enjoy it. Enjoy every minute of it. It's going to be, it's going to be fucking great. It's going to be absolutely Brilliant. Brentford, Luton, Forest is the next uh, three after Burnley. Um, so there you go. Right, Eminently well, winnable. Those are those yeah. should be bankers. Well, well, they're the ones. If you want to win a tight, you have to win. You have to. Yes. You have you to. Absolutely win. have. You have to yeah, go. Absolutely. Like we, I, I'm. I'll, I can get them up now. I'm nearly sure it's Brentford at home. Um, Burnley home, Brentford the, away, Luton home, Forest away is what uh, Cantor says. Then City at home. So we're home yeah. away, home away, home away. So or, sorry, just just in full. It's Burnley at home. Sorry, Burnley at home. Brentford away the following week. Then on the Wednesday we play Luton. Then we play the League Cup final. Then we play Watford or Southampton in the cup. Then we're away to Forest, which is the second of March. And on, on and then after that you will know where Liverpool are. Then they play yeah. City at home. They go away to Everton, home to Brighton, away, home to Sheffield United, and blah blah blah. Carries on, right? Just stay with it. Just stay with it. You can't, mm. you can't change what's going to happen anyway. Just stay with it. All right? Um, yeah. Uh, Chris says, we're here for the moaning. Ah, look, we moan sometimes, but I, I just think from, if you if you look back at the start of the season, where we were, what we had to do to this squad, if you look at the announcement by Jurgen Klopp 10 days ago, and factor all that in, the I just think, in my opinion, the only way you can do this is to, to enjoy it. It's the only way to do it. It's it, There's no point sitting there in, you know, in the doldrums for the next three, four months. There's just no point. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, Brentford and Luton will give us a good test, but we beat them, says Kev O'Sullivan. Listen, fucking right. I'm, uh, listen, the, I'm, I'm the old, uh, I'm not the ultimate optimist because I do like, uh, if I see something wrong, I'll say it. But don't be surprised at what happened yesterday. Absolutely kicks Liverpool up the hole and some teams start to feel it against Liverpool over the next four to six weeks. That's all I'm going to say because Liverpool... Did he rest in the laurels? Were he a bit tired? I don't know. But that was a shock to the system yesterday. Not that you were beaten. The way we played was a shock to the system. And those players are better than that. And I think they'll want to show it. And there is players coming back. Salah will be back soon. Endo's out with that Asian Cup. They'll be back. Sabozlo will be back. Don't worry about it. Robinson's on the verge. Trent is back now. Bradley will be back. There's loads coming back. Thiago's turning up. They're all the bleeding boys are back. It'll be all good. Just let's let's just get on the cans and see where it takes us. Um we're going to go. Um, I will do my best to be here at 10 a.m. in the morning for you members. I will do my best to be here at 10 a.m. But I do, as I said, there's a couple of couple of patients in the house at the moment. And we're trying to see early fitness tests in the morning for them to see how we are. The poor, the poor dog is not looking too healthy over your the shoulder dog, there. No, do you know what the dog does? The dog gets up on the sofa, gets yep. really comfortable, gets warm, gets down off the sofa, lies on the floor which is colder, obviously. And then in five minutes' time, he'll jump back on the sofa. He just jumps up and down. I don't know why he just doesn't find a semi-warm place to lie that's comfortable. Um, the funniest thing is, the, the place he lies the most on is just a normal tail laying flat in the hall on a wooden floor. That's what he likes. That, that weird dogs there. Anyway, that has been the Talking Cop for Monday night. Thanks a million to Matt. Thanks a million to everyone in the chat. Thanks to Cantors. This show is for Cantors, who became a member fair play to him also morton morton got a membership uh somebody johnny somebody gifted a membership and morton uh was awarded a free membership so two new members of the nippy carpathians bar what's this tonight yeah that was tonight hold on oh yes okay uh johnny Johnny doyle Doyle gifted one talking cop membership and morton was gifted a membership by johnny doyle nice one so morton's in fair play to johnny doyle you can do that as well oh there's a little tip for you if you're on youtube you can go in into your settings and you can hit to accept um, gifts. So if someone randomly throws a membership into the chat, you may be in line to get it. There you go. Uh, Antios says, great show. I feel so much better, better now after yesterday. Well, you would do, because if you start comparing yourself to what's going on at Crystal Palace and Chelsea, Liverpool is the bleeding business. It's the great place to be. But anyway, we're gone. We, we will talk to you tomorrow. Um, we will have, we hope to have a show at 10 a.m. in the morning. We'll sort some out for tomorrow night as well. Like I said, we try to keep as many shows on as many mornings and as many evenings as we can. Talk to you in a bit. Thanks to Matt. Over now.
Sports Social Podcast Network.